0: It's 2009. Do you know where your consciousness is? It's 2009, and fool's gold is valued as much as ever. Fool's gold is, for those of you who don't know, pyrite. Pyrite is a shiny yellow material consisting of iron disulfide. Gurdjieff said, if you remain a fool, you will always attract all that belongs to being a fool. Now, a fool is a person who acts unwisely or imprudently, a person who lacks common sense or judgment. The area of premier tomfoolery for sleeping men is the space of relationship. I'll give you a moment to let that sink in. There is a space called relationship. Think of the tragedy of life that oozes out of the space of relationship. It's where negative emotions and their resulting violence find fertile soil. It's where divorces come from. It's where fistfights come from. It's where harsh words come from. It's where skirmishes come from. It's where world wars come from. They ooze directly out of the space of relationship. Or do they? Could they actually ooze out of the space of relationship? Or they do they ooze out of the counterfeit space of relationship? Just like fool's gold is really counterfeit gold, it's not valuable at all in comparison to real gold. And entanglements are not valuable at all compared to real relationships. So there's a space of relationship in which human beings can occupy that space. They can be in that space. They can allow that space to be in them. Because as you know, we're microcosms of the macrocosm. What that means is that the entire universe is in us and we are in the entire universe at the same time. If you have trouble with that, see the light podcast on reconciliation Maybe that will help you stop having so much trouble with it. Right relationship is impossible with a wrong attitude in three areas. Why three? Well, this is a triad again, isn't it? Isn't that interesting how three always turns up? If you want right relationship, if you wouldn't have been, be in the space of right relationship, and let's just drop the word right. Let's just say, if you want to be in the space of relationship, because the space of relationship that is wrong is really not relationship, that's entanglement. I just made that up, but I made it up so that you can understand that there is a difference. I know well, I don't know that Gurdjieff never said that. He may have made the same thing up. Maybe a lot of people made the same thing up. But they didn't tell me about it, so I had to make it up myself. Well, what, that, what does that mean, I made it up? Well, it means that's, what it, that's how it looks to me from where I am. So I imagine that if it's the truth, it'll look that way to anybody when they get there. When you get to this point on the mountain, you look down and you see this view. But at a lower point, you didn't get that view. At a higher point, you didn't get that view. But you get it at that point. Well, at this point, that's the way it looks to me, that there's a space of relationship and there's a space of entanglement, that the space of entanglement belongs to our acquired self, our acquired part, the acquired personality. But the space of relationship belongs to a different part of us. Relationship is impossible with wrong attitude in three areas, the attitude towards yourself, attitude towards life, which of course includes other people, and the most important for me, and for you, and for everyone, from my perspective, is our attitude towards the universe. Your attitude towards the universe is the determining factor. We may think, oh no, my attitude toward other people is the determining factor. No, that's working from the outside in. But if you work from the inside out, which of course is how we should work, because that's the only way that it actually works, life is lived from the inside out. Real life is lived from the inside out. Artificial life is lived from the outside in. From the five senses inward. But real life is lived from the inside out. If you believe the universe is meaningless and just happened, you'll never be able to change your attitude. As long as you believe that, you can't change your attitude. Because your attitude is based in that ground of being, of this is a meaningless universe that just happened. That ground of being makes you something that you're not. And you can believe that you're something that you're not. It's true that most of those people, they put in psychiatric wards and places where they try to drug the mentally deranged into wellness, but it doesn't work. So there were so many of us here that they just turned the whole planet into that place. Now, I know that most of us think that we're keepers here. We think that we're either the guards or the doctors, but the truth is you're no different than the guy over there thinks he's Napoleon or the, guy, the lady over there thinks she's Cleopatra or King George or whomever. You just think you're a doctor and you just think you're a guard and you think you're the enforcer and you think you're this or you think you're that. But the truth is we're all in this place together for a reason. We belong here. That's the reason. I know that's harsh, isn't it? The fool has said in his heart there is no God. A little bit of esoteric wisdom from the Psalms. Since attitude is part of your being... You can't change your attitude without changing your being. What is your being? Well, your being is the kind of person you are. You can't change your attitude without changing the kind of person you are. But your attitude towards the universe determines what kind of person you are. If your attitude toward the universe is that you are a created being and that you have a purpose, then your attitude towards the universe is very different than a person who believes that the universe just happened and there's no purpose for it. It's just meaningless. You see then that you are meaningless when you believe that because you live in a meaningless universe. But you see, this work in all esoteric teachings teaches something entirely different. Esoteric teachings hold that this is a created universe descending in scale from the absolute, which is fuller meaning, through lower levels with less and less meaning. The further you are removed from the absolute, the less meaning that you have. The closer you are to the absolute, the more meaning. So if you want more meaning, you need to be closer to the absolute. How do you get closer to the absolute? Well, you don't get closer to the absolute by going outward. You get closer to the absolute by moving inward, because inward is upward in esoteric teachings. Descending is moving outward, whereas moving inward is ascending. It's just the opposite of our planet. See, there is no up on our planet. There is only out or in. There can't be any up because it's a globe. And so wherever you're standing on the globe, up is relative. But out is not relative, and in is not relative. So moving out, it's just the opposite in consciousness. Moving out is moving out into the world through the five senses. That's the opposite of moving inward through inner senses that we actually know very little about experientially. Now, there are people who know a lot about it intellectually, but that's not the same thing as experientially. Experientially is how we need to know about it. Intellectually is the primer. It's the cup of water they left by the pump so that you prime the pump and then you work the handle. And the purpose is to get the water going. And then when, before you leave, you fill the cup again and you leave it by the pump for the next person who comes along. Why? Because you want to give meaning because you have meaning. If you don't have any meaning, then there's no sense in giving anything else any meaning. So why leave the cup of water after you've satisfied your own thirst? You see the difference? It's a ground of being difference. What this means practically is that there are people who are more and people who are less conscious. So you can be more conscious or you can be less conscious, which of course means that there are other people around you who are more conscious than you, and there are other people around you who are less conscious than you. I know it's hard to believe that there could be people less conscious than us, but there really are. And I know that conversely, it's hard to believe for some of us that there could be people more conscious than us. But there are. I've met people more conscious than me. I've also met people less conscious than me. As a matter of fact, I went to the store with one just the other day. (laughs) There are people who are more automatic and people who are more conscious. Automatic people can't understand one another. Well, when you can't understand one another, it makes relationship impossible because relationship depends on common understanding. One of the first things that in the old world, when they traveled to the new world or to some new continent, the first thing that they would do is they would try to learn how to communicate with the people who lived there. They didn't speak the same language. They didn't have a common language. So when the English or when the Portuguese or the Dutch or the English or whomever landed in Japan first, the first thing that they did was try to communicate with the people. They tried to speak. They tried to make signs. They tried to somehow communicate so that they could have a common understanding. Because they had no common language, it was very difficult. So the priests set about compiling dictionaries and learning the words, learning the languages. They would hold something up. We call this this. What do you call that? And the person would say this. And the priest would write it down in a book. And they would start compiling these dictionaries. The priest did all of that back then. So relationship depends on common understanding, but the vast majority belong to the circle of Babel, confusion of tongues, automatic humanity. When I say the vast majority, I mean 99.9% of the people crawling across the surface of this globe belong to the circle of Babel, the confusion of tongues, people who do not have a common language and do not understand one another. I will offer to you the condition of relationships, entanglements on this planet as evidence, verification of what I've just said. They can't get along. They're headcrackers. They kill each other. They bomb each other. They spend more money on armies, bombs, guns, bullets, gases, weapons, defense than they spend on healing or housing or education. That is indicative of people who do not understand one another. If they understood one another they wouldn 't have to do that. They would be spending their money on the other things that I mentioned rather than the defense and the offense rather than weapons of mass destruction and weapons of you know, minimal destruction a gun it 's minimal destruction doesn 't kill one gun doesn 't kill a lot of people. I mean you can line a, you and they actually used to do this they actually used to line people up. and and shoot the first one and see how many people they could kill by shooting the first one. Now, I know it seems barbaric, but it's happening today. Yes, it's been happening for hundreds of years, but it's happening today. So we haven't really come that far, just in case you were starting to puff up a little bit. and Think, oh, well, we've really come a long way. Yeah, now we can drop big bombs on people from so far away that we can watch it on TV while they blow up. We can burn their bodies from from the other side of the planet and just watch it on TV and and get our satisfaction that way. It's incredible, but it's the planet that we're living on, and it's because the people on our planet belong to the circle of Babel, the confusion of tongues, where they do not understand one another. Interestingly enough is they don't know it. If you know you belong to automatic humanity, to the circle of Babel, you are already beginning to awaken. If you know that you belong to that, if you know that you are like them, if you know that it wouldn't take much to get you lining them up and seeing how many you could knock down with one bullet. If you know that about yourself, you're a lot more awake than most people that I know. So the process has begun. When you see that you're better than others in the circle, you're going back to sleep. When you see that you're superior to others in the circle, you have already begun to be hypnotized by life again through your own pride and vanity. Relationship Between sleeping people isn't a conscious act. It depends on circumstances. That's why I say relationship does not happen between sleeping people. Relationship can't exist without common understanding. When I speak of relationship, I speak of that which can exist between two people studying a common language. The common language of this work is one source of study who can begin to understand each other. The interesting thing is is that someone who is studying this work and someone who is studying some other work can still have a common understanding, but it will be based on not the words, but the emotional power that they have accumulated through whatever work they're doing, if they've been actually doing the work. If they haven't, just because someone studied it and someone studied this, they have arguments. You look at the Catholics and the Protestants, they have arguments. Well, why did they have arguments? Well, because they had no common understanding. They know the words and they can fight with the words, but the words are like guns. The words are like bayonets. The words are like knives. They just chop at each other or shoot at each other with the words. There's no effort for a common understanding. There's an effort to be right. You see the difference? When I speak of relationship, I'm not speaking of that. That I call entanglement. The other thing found in the circle of Babel and on dating sites because they seem to really be popular today. Have you ever noticed how many advertisements there are now for this.com and that.com and eHarmony and Match and Wiggle and Shake and I don't know, there's all kinds of really, I don't know, I guess I'm making them up now. Okay, I I admit I'm making them up now. (laughs) But there are just so many of them. Why is that? Well, it's because people can't Enter the space of relationship. So now they're willing to pay somebody this much money a month to buy raffle tickets. Because that's all they are. All these Your matches are raffle tickets. You get a raffle ticket and then you go on a date with this person. You find out you can't communicate with them either. So you get another raffle ticket. Well, check your matches for free this month. Well, check your matches for free. You get five more matches. If this doesn't work, if you don't get married this year, well, we'll give you a six months free. What I'm trying to say is it's not going to work. That's fool's gold. You see, that's not the real deal. That's fool's gold. That's not going to work. Oh, but I know so-and-so, and they met so-and-so, and they're happy, and they got married, and they lived happily ever after. It's not ever after yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, not happy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not ever after yet, and happily is not what you think it is. So this whole thing, that, the thing found in the circle of Babylon dating sites is called entanglement. And it is a characteristic of sleep, just like walking upright is a characteristic of homo sapien. Just like that. Just like having yellow-colored hair is a characteristic of a blonde. Just like having black hair is a characteristic of someone in Asia, you know, in Japan or in China. It's just the way it is. There's nothing else about it. It's just that and only that. It's simply a characteristic, a symptom. And this is symptomatic. This this entanglement is symptomatic of sleep, sleeping people, people who are unaware. Regarding relationship, we all start off as automatic people because we all acquired what we have on this planet automatically, not consciously. We acquired it automatically. So we're all really different kinds of machines in a sense. And the thing is, through self-observation, we begin to see that we always react in the same way. Just a certain situation. That always gets under my skin. That always bothers me. You start to see that. And then you start to see that it always bothers something, but that something isn't you. That you can separate from it and look at it and see that that something is bothered. And you can even see that if something is coming down the road that bothers that something, that that something is going to be bothered. You can see it coming. And so you can actually prepare for it and say, well, that something's going to be bothered. I think I'll stay in control this time and let that something just be bothered down there somewhere. That is the beginning of self-observation. It doesn't mean that you have to stop that something from being bothered. Let that something be bothered. But just observe it. Just don't let that something act out, if you can be that aware, and if you can be that separate, and if you can pull your identification out of that something. If you can't, don't worry about it. Don't fret about it. Don't stab yourself in the throat with a knife. Don't poke yourself in the eye with a chopstick. Don't whip yourself Don't scourge yourself, don't torment yourself, don't fret yourself, don't berate yourself. Just let it be. You'll get there. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's just that we've got so much baggage that we can't get through the door. And it's our work to get rid of the baggage. Our effort is about getting rid of the baggage, not getting ourselves in through the door. That is already a free gift that is already available to us, that came with our beingness, how we were created. We were created self-developing organisms. We were created to develop beyond where we are. Because of that, we have access. Now all we have to do is prepare ourselves so that we can get through the door. You can't get through the door with all this junk that we've picked up in the world. We're either gonna have to let that go or not go through the door until we're ready to let it go. If you're not ready to let it go, fine go walk around the schoolyard some more, do whatever it is you want to do. When you're ready, the door will still be there, hopefully. It'll still be open, hopefully. If not, oh well, I guess you missed your chance. When we begin to see that we always react in the same way, this helps us understand others who always react in the same way, though different from the way we react. You See, just because someone reacts differently than the way we react, doesn't mean that they're not reacting. It doesn't mean they're not a machine, it just means they're a different kind of machine. So what was that film? There's a, a Disney Pixar film, WALL-E, and there's this little robot and he just compacts trash. And this other robot comes in, from somewhere else and lands on the planet and this robot's job is just to find some life form, some green life form, living form on the planet. And all it finds is this one little robot going around compacting trash. Anyway, they, they finally go off somewhere into outer space and, and they end up with all these other machines. And each machine does a different thing, but they all recognize that they're all machines. And see, and that's where we are not as smart as those machines. We are not recognizing that we are machines, and that so are all these other machines around us. And because we don't recognize that, we are not working together, we're not having relationship. But if we begin to recognize that, we will begin to have relationship. And this other machine, this super machine, meets Wally, who's this old machine. She just takes a shot at him with her super-duper boom weapon and blows things up. And he just shakes and hides, you know. He doesn't know what to do. He's just a friendly little guy. But she's on a job. She's on a mission, and she's high-tech, you know. Boom, boom, boom. So she's like somebody in the work. And he's like somebody who'd like to be in the work, but he's not allowed through the door because he's not high-tech enough. So... The work ones, boom, 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 shooting the other ones down because they're better. See, well, I'm more up to date and I know this and I know that. And that's just all wrong. You see, do you see that that's all wrong? That is not the purpose of this work. That is the purpose of false personality. And when false personality gets a hold of this work, that's what it does. It's a very sad thing, but it is what happens. And we must be aware of it and make sure that we don't do that and make sure that we don't hold it against those who do because there are people who will do that to you. There are machines who will do that to you. But don't hold it against them because they're just machines. That's their their way of reacting because that's how they're wired. That's how they're programmed. But you need to make allowances for that, just like you can make allowances for your own mechanical, automatic, stupid, contracted behaviors. (laughs) So we begin to see this through self-observation. We begin to see that others react in the same way, though it's different than the way that we react. We gradually realize that we are both machines. And then we start to practice the work, in relationship to one another and so here in this room we we practice the work in relationship to one another steve's example of stopping everything is saying you know as he was giving his doing the light podcast i looked at each person in the room at different times and i was really grateful for them and i know in the past i've said that i haven't been and i've expressed other things negative emotions but now i just want to tell you that because i express those things i also want to express these things and that is this work Do, do you see that that is this work it is acknowledging, yes, I have done this, and yes, I have done this, and I'll probably do this again, and I'll probably do that again. But right now, I want you to know that I'm grateful for you. Right now, I want you to know that I'm aware of how important you are in my life and how much you bring to it. Right now, I'm aware that we're both machines. See, and that's how this begins. That's how you enter the space of relationship. And once you've entered the space of relationship and allowed the space of relationship to enter you, you begin to shift out of the circle of Babel into the the, the conscious circle of humanity, which admittedly is a very tiny, little, itty-bitty, soap-bubble circle compared to this huge circle of humanity that is a circled Babel, confusion of tongues. Now, the thing is, some people never practice, even after hearing this work for years. So when I I got an email from somebody the other day and he said, well, I'm glad you finally found uh, Gurdjieff and Ospensky. And I laughed. And I said, well, you know, I, I read tales back... The first time I read tales was back in 1972, I think it was. And he wrote back and said, well, I read not to be one-upmanship, but I read it in 68. Well, trust me on this. If it hadn't been to one-upmanship, he would have never mentioned it, if that wasn't the reason. He would have never mentioned it. I would never mention it. The only reason I mentioned when I started reading it, when I found out about it, was because he said, well, you finally found out. No, I, I've known about it a long time. It may look by my automatic reactions to everything like I've never heard of it before. But the truth is, is that I have studied this for quite some time, and I have known about this for quite some time. But the other truth is that some people never practice even after hearing for years. It took me a lot of years before I actually started to practice it, a lot of years, more than I'd like to admit. And if I knew, I would admit it just to see the false personality squirm a little. <laughs> Not in any delight, but just because every once in a while it needs to sh- shake and wiggle too. So there are hearers... And they're not doers. And one of the things that in esoteric teachings is, don't be hearers of the word, but be hearers and doers. And we have to not only intellectually collect the knowledge, we must then put it to practice in our being, or else we will never get the understanding that comes from combination of knowledge and being. Knowledge and being growing together gives us understanding, and understanding enables us to enter the space of relationship and allows the space of relationship to enter us as well. They can't enter the space of relationship, and so they act foolishly. Well, what is acting foolishly? Acting foolishly is acting superior to another human being. Can you see how foolish that is? That's just foolishness. You're not superior. I don't care who you think you are. I don't care if you're the king of the world. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. You're not better than anyone else. You just have a tougher job, but it doesn't make you better, not esoterically. And it's just as foolish to think that you're less than someone else. To go looking up to someone is just as foolish as looking down on someone. We're all machines. We're all acting automatically in many, many ways. So it's not like that. And that is the great leveler. These people go around asking what they should do while they're being told not to identify, not to express negative emotions, to work on this and to work on that. But then they want someone else to give them exercises so that they never really have to practice it themselves, so that they never have to really touch it themselves. No, you give me the exercises and then I'll do that. Do you see that that is not what this work is? Now, unfortunately, it has become that in many, many groups where there is some leader who gives you the exercise and then you do the exercise and then you report back. We don't do that here. And the reason we don't do that here is because you're encouraged to create your own exercises here. You're encouraged to put this to work in your life, to put this to work in your personal acquired self, with you specifically. You're encouraged to get into the laboratory yourself and get hands-on experience and do it. Oh, yeah, I'll give you some general ideas and pointers. But after that, you're on your own. It doesn't mean that we're not here for you. It means that you need to be doing this work. Not telling other people how I'm doing the work, but they're just reading about it. We are eating the apple, but those people over there, they're just looking at it. No, don't do that. That is not a sign of the conscious circle of humanity. That's just another little neighborhood in the circle of Babel. Because it's a smaller neighborhood, they may think it's more exclusive, but it's still right in the middle of the ghetto. I mean, it's just the same as everything else. So don't be fooled by that. That's fool's gold. People don't practice because they don't yet feel the work enough emotionally. I'm not putting people down who are just hearers but not doers. What I'm saying is is they really don't yet feel the work enough emotionally. But if they keep working at it, then it could happen. It's possible it could happen. But if they're working at it just so that they can be superior, just so that they can get results, just so that they can be better than someone else, just so that they can prove a point, it won't work. I promise you it will not work. There's a built-in, off mechanism in the work that when you do that, it stops. It will not work. It goes directly to false personality, feeds false personality, making it stronger and making your essential self weaker. It will not work. When you see pride and vanity, run screaming like your hair is on fire in the other direction. Stay away from it. And I mean in yourself. I'm not talking about anybody else. It's fine to be around other people who are proud and vain. In fact, we should try to be around people like that. We don't have to go far, but, <laughs> but, but we should try to be around people like that because those people are the ones who are showing us what we're really like, and we need to see that, and especially if they annoy us. If they annoy us, then it's we're proud and vain, and we simply don't want to see it about ourselves, and that's why they annoy us. These people don't observe themselves from a work points of view because the work is outside them. It's only words and diagrams. But I'll tell you what, I've seen people who are so good with the words and the diagrams, they just make my mouth hang open. I think, wow, this guy knows a lot of stuff. And there are people who know a lot of stuff. But you know what? I don't want to know a lot of stuff. I want to be in the conscious circle of humanity. And if I can be the dumb guy in the conscious circle of humanity, that's just fine with me. I don't need to be the leader or the smart guy. In the conscious circle of humanity, I'm happy just being a little more conscious. And if that means that I know that I'm a machine and that you're a machine and that we just machine things differently, then that's what that means. And that I understand that. I understand that you can't do anything other than what you're doing. It's not your fault. This is the kind of machine you are. Now, if you ever wake up to that, then you'll start to be responsible for what you're doing. But until you begin to wake up to it, until you begin to see that about yourself, there's really not much you can do about it. But when you do, then you can start little by little, eyedropper, drop, drop, drop at a time. You can begin to work on yourself. You can begin to make effort to not react so mechanically to everything. And when you find that you can't not react mechanically to everything, at least you can see that you are reacting mechanically to everything. And you can see that it's not you because you have this little tiny will that says, I don't want to do that anymore. And that is the beginning. They think they work on themselves with all these words and diagrams, but it's only an imagination. When I say they, of course I mean us. Look at all the times that you thought when you were doing the diagrams and the words and everything that you were working on yourself, and you found out later that you were just an idiot, just the same idiot you were before you knew all the words and diagrams. In fact, you were probably a nicer idiot before you knew, and now you're kind of an unkind superior idiot because you know, and so now you've got that to deal with as well. Now you've got that to separate from as well. Do you know what I mean? If you can't divide yourself into observer and observed, you can't do this work. You'll take what you call yourself for granted. What that means is you'll think that you're always awake. You'll think that you know. You'll think that you can do. You'll think that you're one. You'll think that you are who you say you are. You'll think you are who you see in the mirror. You'll think you are the pictures of yourself. When you can't separate yourself, you can't see what a mess you are. When you begin to see what a mess you are, it's funny, someone said to me, you're the guru aren't you we were wondering if i was afraid of the guru status well you're the guru i just laughed i said come on everybody knows what a mess i am how can anybody call me a guru that's just silly it's like look i know what i've got to work on well part of it anyway i know enough to keep me busy for a long time to come <laughs> so i'm not you know it's like there's no you can't get so lofty about that you know it's only when you take yourself for granted you start to think you're something that you're not. You start to think that you're doing something that other people aren't doing. You start to make these distinctions between the people eating the apple and the people looking at the apple. Well, that's just absurd. There, there's no distinction to be made. You are the person looking at the apple and you are the person eating the apple and you are the apple, Johnny. And you're the seed and the tree and the leaves and the, you're all of it, but you're none of it. You know, And so it's like reconcile that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a person will identify with his false personality, with his pictures of himself, all he's acquired, his buffers, his prejudices, his attitudes, everything that constitutes Smith, Jones, or Pippolopolis, or whatever you call yourself. I don't know what you call yourself. I is what you call yourself. I do know what you call yourself. But the other one, when you're not calling yourself I. Our pictures reinforce our pride. We always find fault with others and not with ourselves. It's a knee-jerk reaction, isn't it? It's the one thing you can count on with a machine. Uh, Finger pointing. (laughs) Finger pointing. When you catch yourself doing that, know that you're a machine. Know that the other person is a machine and back off. We say I to all of our contradictory selves, all of our contradictory eyes. And when we do that, we're fast asleep. Take heart. You can wake up. When you find that you're sleeping, you are already a little more awake. So be happy. Be grateful for that moment. Because that's how it works. Drop by drop, poco a poco se anda lejos, Which means, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, little by little one goes far. One may be tolerably placed in sleeping humanity, but still remain unable to work. What does that mean? Well, you can be the president of the United States. You could be the CEO of some major billion-dollar corporation and still be unable to work. In fact... Your chances of being unable to work in those positions are greatly increased with your chances of being unable to work in other positions where you're not so tolerably placed. It's like if you're in the sleeping humanity and you're tolerably placed, why bother working? Everything's pretty good. It's not so bad being me. Hey, a lot of people want to be me. I got money. Everybody wants it. I got cars. Everybody wants them. I got houses. I got land. I got all the kinds of... I got information. Everybody wants it. It's not so bad being me. Well, I don't think I'd like to be so tolerably placed. I like being me because this is the life that has been given me to live. This is the course that's been given me to train in. And this is the right one for me. And I have absolute faith that I am exactly where I should be. And I'm doing just precisely what I need to be doing. And so when I feel all whiny about that, like we do sometimes, I just remind myself of that. Hey, Hey, wait a second. Life is consciousness. This is your consciousness. Suck it up and move on. Only by following a higher guideline like esoteric teachings can we separate from what we've known as ourself. It's not going to come from inside of you, inside of your system. It will come from inside of you. When I say inside, I mean higher. It will come from inside of you, more internal, but it will come to the most internal part of you. Through that, you will get the guidelines. Now, we first recognize it from outside. Or maybe we recognize it from inside, but we don't know what to call it. But then something outside tells us what to call it inside. And we say, oh, that's what that was. Little smiles tells me that you're understanding what I'm saying. I like it when people understand what I'm saying. It's rare, but it happens. Then we can begin to work on having a conscious relationship with others moving in the same direction. Seeing in yourself what you so easily criticize in another is the beginning of making a conscious relationship because it's based on mutual understanding. You want to enter space of relationship and have the space of relationship enter you? Begin to see that what you criticize so easily in others is in you when you do that. I, I just had this happen uh, this morning. I found myself internally, mentally, criticizing someone. and I started. I was in the shower, actually, and I started to laugh and I said, that's you. That's you. You're just seeing that because that's what you are. I started to laugh. It was really funny. It was just one of those light moments, you know, when you have one of those light moments when you see something about yourself that would normally drive you insane and make you make you go, "Ah, no, it's not. And and you just laugh and you go, well, that's right, that is, that's me. That's why I'm criticizing that person. That's me because I didn't see it in me. It's like, we're the same. We're just machines. We're the same. And it's okay. That person can't do anything about it any more than I can do anything about it. And then suddenly it was all light. That is the beginning of a common language and understanding we can now work together. Now, the other person has to have that too, or else you're going to be working together without them. But you'll still be working together. But you'll be working together, and they won't. And that's possible. Some people think, oh, well, my husband or my wife's not interested in this work. So, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. That doesn't mean you can't work together. But she or he won't work with me. No, but that doesn't mean you can't work together. It means they can't work together. But it doesn't mean you can't. So, you just keep on doing your work. And don't worry about what they do. Don't help them. That's my advice to you. Don't help them. When we help them, we really do make it impossible for them to work together. (laughs) Just help yourself, because that's the only one you can help. For those who work on themselves, you can be sure of this one thing. The work will find a way. Esoteric teachings, the conscious circle of humanity, the absolute, whatever is out there, in there, up there, everywhere, will find a way. If two people cherish their negative emotions making mutual inner accounts, one against the other, they'll never make relationship. This is a funny thing because you'll find people, someone will say, well, that person is blah, 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 And the other person will say, well, I don't find them that way. I find them the blah, 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 they're just wonderful all the time and I've never had that problem. And both things are true. It's not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. Both things are true. But there are some of us who, once we turn negative towards someone, that's it, we'll stay that way. That's our problem, not the other person's problem. Our negativity toward another person is our problem, not the other person's problem. And that's why someone else can see that person as charming and wonderful, and we can see them as horrible, because we have the problem. Now, if someone else sees someone charming and wonderful, they have a problem, too. Their problem is they're seeing someone else as charming and wonderful, and nobody's really charming and wonderful, and nobody's really negative. We're all just machines on this planet. When you have negative emotions against another that you say that you love and you're secretly enjoying them, it's impossible to have relationship. Love is canceling all debts, not believing in them. When you see someone else's negative, you're believing in it. When you're believing in it, you're making accounts. I don't care what you call it. When you are believing in someone else's negativity, what you've considered negative about them, when you're believing in that, you are making accounts. You need to go back and cancel all those debts. You will have to cancel every one of them. So be mindful when you're making accounts. When you're sucking up those negative emotions and enjoying them and swishing them around in your mouth and saying, Oh, I wish I could have some more. However you do it, you are making accounts. They will all have to be canceled because this isn't finding a solution, but rather transforming the situation by work on a higher level. That's what this work is about. We're not looking for a solution to your negativity or my negativity. We're looking for transformation by working on a higher level. The fool will marry another person. The fool will move to another town. The fool will move to another state or another country or another group. But if your being remains the same, it will attract the same life, the same troubles, the same types of people. Oh, it may take a little while, but trust me, it will attract the same thing. New life is only possible by work on oneself. This can change your being. It's that or remain a fool chasing each new rumor of fool's gold. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.